Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourself that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus said, I come to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, in one household will be divided three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Many of you all know uh, that um, are actively involved in a, in a ministry that we have a program called Ministry Scheduler Pro that assists us in um, our scheduling of volunteers to make sure that we don't do duplicate uh, sort of help in the communication process of uh, what's going on this weekend and also an opportunity to say, hey, I can't serve. Um, and so you can just press a, press a button and, and it contacts the other people who serve in that ministry so that they have an option to speak up. And um, this week as I was preparing uh, for this gospel lesson, I'm, um, I'm reading it and I'm going, oh man, what am I going to say about this? And then I got an email from Wes saying, hey Everett, you're scheduled to preach. And there's a little button that said, I can't do this. And, and <laughs> I thought maybe Deacon Judy might want to do it. This is a really hard passage, right? We are much more comfortable with the images um, of Jesus, which um, are sort of comforting um, in, 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 in like a, an immediate way, right? Like we want Jesus to be our friend. Uh, we want Jesus to, to be the, the, the comforting person in our lives. We, we don't like Jesus coming and saying, all right, I'm bringing fire and brimstone. Now, maybe some of our brothers and sisters in church are used to week in and week out hearing fire and brimstone. And so when it comes to the Episcopal Church, we're just not really sure what to do. 
But Jesus is sitting there and telling us a really important message in this chapter about how serious he is about discipleship as an identity that we claim. That we are not asked just to be like in a fandom of Christ, but we are asked to be disciples of Jesus and transforming and forming our lives in his image. Jesus says this work is so important because of how um, the, the crisis that he's living in. I don't know about you, but having been a lifelong Oklahoman, I can kind of look up into the sky and I can interpret the very things Jesus like. Oh, it's kind of green, you know, tornadoes are possible today. Um, you can sit there and you can feel the air, right? I mean, sometimes you go out there and go, oh man, it's going to rain. Like, we're really good at interpreting the signs. And Jesus says, you know, if you can do this when it comes to the rain, why can't you do it in the present time? Jesus is proclaiming a kingdom against an empire that believes that violence and wealth is the answer to life's problems. Jesus is proclaiming a kingdom of God that talks about grace and mercy in contrast to a religion in which rules and religiosity is what determines our worth. Jesus' image are rooted in the prophetic images that we hear in the Old Testament. Prophets like Jeremiah that we heard from a few moments ago and Isaiah and Amos and others. Prophets who warn the people of God not to assume that just because they follow all the right steps, that that's what makes them a good person. Prophets who wanted to remind the people that being a person of God, being the chosen people of God, means that an obligation has been placed in our lives to care for the very people that the world forgets. When the world forgets the orphan, when the world forgets the widow, when the world forgets the foreigner and, 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 and the poor, God says to us, we are not to be one to forget. Jesus comes and is, and, is, and is letting us know that this, this ministry that was given to the people of God is a, is a ministry that God takes seriously. What we don't hear in talking about this moment of crisis in which Jesus is proclaiming a kingdom that is opposite of the kingdoms of the world and religion around him uh, we don't, there's a story right after this, and, and there's a woman who is, who is presumably guilty who's being taken before a judge, and she is just kicking and screaming the whole way, saying, you know, just, just, just give me another chance. Hold on, I, I, I'll get this right. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll do what you want. Right? It's, it's sort of like those of you all who are parents when, you know, like you've given your kids the warnings, and then finally, like, okay. You know, we're, we're going to time out or, and, um, you know, uh, if you spank, you know, maybe, okay, now it's time for the spanking. Um, and then, they, okay, 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 I'll do it, right? I'm like, okay, for 15 minutes I've been asking you to pick up your pair of shoes and now that you know that there's consequences, you're suddenly going to do it. And that's sort of what Jesus says this moment is like. Right? And this is an image as us as Episcopalians are not used to hearing because we don't do fire and brimstone well, thanks be to God. 
But sometimes I think that we may want to re-examine our assumptions about how important this work of discipleship is in the ministry of the kingdom of God. That, that, that religion is not something that we can just clothe ourselves in. Religion is something that we have to be seeped in. And so Jesus talks about a baptism. And in the Christian faith and life, traditionally, baptism is the entry point into the body of Christ. That Jesus chose, when John the Baptist was out preaching this ministry of repentance, Jesus chose to be transformed at that moment. To submerge himself in the very depth of the human predicament and the human crisis and says, I'm going to identify with you. It would have been really easy for Jesus just to stand aside from it and go, oh, isn't this nice what they're trying to do? But rather, Jesus goes into the depths of our very being and our very experience. In our baptisms, we often sort of take them lightly, right? Something to, that we do maybe to please a parent or a grandparent. Maybe it's just because, well, that's what Christian people do, right? But in choosing to be baptized, in choosing to be reborn in the life of the Spirit, to be transformed into the body of Christ, then an obligation, a mantle is placed upon us. Each Sunday, one of the things that clergy do is to place this stole, this yoke, if you will, upon us. And we have a tradition in which we kiss the cross that is on it before we put it on. And my prayer that I say each time that I do it is, Lord, help me believe. Lord, help my unbelief. You know, in the end, this process of discipleship is, is really not about getting it right. But it is our willingness to engage with the Lord and the Savior who saved us and redeemed us, who came to offer us new life and redemption. It is an opportunity and for which we are invited to go into the very depths of the human experience to know what someone else's life is like. This past week, I saw a short clip um, of Stephen Colbert on Anderson Cooper, and it was one of the most brilliant explanations of suffering in the Christian faith. If you all don't know, Stephen Colbert is a very faithful um, Roman Catholic. And, and they asked him about these um, these experiences of trauma and loss that he had had. And, and Colbert says that, that, that these, um, these sufferings are a gift from God. Now, now, don't hear what he's not saying. He's not saying God has inflicted on this because of something Colbert did. But rather, in the midst of human suffering, our experiences of it, we develop a deeper empathy for those um, who um, are in the midst of their suffering. And it's sort of living this life, right? I mean, Rowan Williams says that once you are baptized, the Holy Spirit drives us to the very place where Jesus shows up and Jesus needs you. And don't be surprised that the places that Jesus needs you are the people who are the most vulnerable and broken in society because they need to hear the message that they are loved more than anyone. This message that Jesus comes and says, I come to bring not peace but a sword, 
is a word that we don't like to hear, but I think this is important. Jesus' language here is not prescriptive, but it is descriptive. Jesus is talking about bringing a sword is not prescriptive, but descriptive. So many of our Christian brothers and sisters think that this is a prescriptive thing. Okay, well, we need to go and take the word of God. We need to take our faith, and we're going to go out there with the sword, and we're going to slay the people who are all the wrong people. But what Jesus says is, is for us to take this mantle of grace upon us, to go into the depths of the human experience of brokenness and hurt, and proclaim a different way of being, to proclaim release to the captive, to announce that sight can be had, to announce that the kingdom of God has come near and invite people to be a part of it. Howard Thurman um, is a, a brilliant theologian and, and the father um, of most um, of our um, African-American um, um, preachers who, who Howard Thurman was, was one of the first to sort of espouse um, a, a, a theology that was grounded both in belief in Jesus but also a commitment to the poor and the lost. And Howard Thurman says this, he goes, Now, if I hear the sound of the genuine in me, and if you hear the sound of the genuine in you, it is possible for me to go down in my spirit and come up in your spirit. Right? So, so it's possible for us to have empathy with somebody else's life and be transformed by that experience. He goes on to say, so that when I look at myself through your eyes, having made that pilgrimage, I see in me what you see in me. Then the wall that separates and divides will disappear and we will become one because of the sound of the genuine makes the same music. And or in essence, what happens when, when you go and you live and walk in someone else's shoes, that you develop an understanding of what it's like to be in their life that you wouldn't understand otherwise. This work of reconciliation and grace that God has entrusted on us in our baptisms is a work that is important and critical. This past week, I had the gift of being um, out in Colorado for three days. I'm part of a group called Gathering of Leaders. It was started about a decade ago to inspire and help uh, uh, mission-minded, Jesus-loving um, Episcopal priests um, to, to join together and dream what God is up to. And we all talked about that one of, the, one of the difficult things about ministry and proclamation of the gospel in this time and in this age is just how divided we are. If I sit there and I say, you know, we need to help the poor, we need to care for the foreigner, immediately some people are going to say, well, I, you know, he's sitting there preaching a political message. And if I sit there and I say, you know, the doctrines that have been handed down through the generations are important for us to believe, another group was, well, I know what they're trying to do, he's just trying to turn us into fundamentalists. And it is a really hard environment to, to minister to, but I'm telling you guys that, 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 that the world needs, the world needs Jesus. The world needs transformation and healing. Because the only thing the world knows to offer is, the, is, is, is violence, is wealth, is believing that if the outside looks good, the inside's going to be good. And we know that that's not true. We know, we know deeply that we need Jesus. And these passages calls us to that deep discipleship. 
So I hope this morning as you hear these words of Jesus inviting us to take seriously this gospel, that you will figure out a way to embody that in your life. That you can live out the precepts that God has given us. And that you can proclaim an alternative way to the dominant voices of our world. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.